All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Born in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and it's good to be here with you on a Saturday morning. It's a little bittersweet this morning because I just had my son, Grant, home for uh, just a week from Auburn, and uh, he's now a senior at Auburn. Uh, next year will be his last year in mechanical engineering, but we only got him for a week, and he is off again to Texas to spend the week at a camp called Pine Cove, where he serves. He's going to be a senior counselor, and uh, but I know he's so pumped about it because he gets to hang out with his buddies and they just have a great time um, like spending time with each other and then pouring into all the students that come through. Uh, it's a high school student camp, the one that he's uh, associated with. So yeah, so it was great to hang out with him for a week, but uh, now he's he's off. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to also just remind you I have started a an, a community, and this is going to be a very interactive community at themanofvalor.com. That is themanofvalor.com. Go check it out. If it's something that you feel that you need help with, that you want to come and join, you can read all about it on the page. You can sign up. You can commit. Uh, right now, if you join... We're going to be spending a lot of time together because it is. Uh, there's not a lot of people on there right now, and so when we have our calls, our weekly calls, uh, yeah, we'll get to to dive into some some serious issues, just one on one, maybe. So, I encourage you all to do that if if you feel like you need to be a part of a uh, of a group of brothers who uh, really this is all about like becoming the man of God that um that you can be proud of and not proud in a boastful way but that you can uh, be used by god in many different ways there's a passage my favorite passage is psalm not my favorite passage one of my favorite passages is uh second timothy 2 20 through 22 where he talks about in a house there are um, there are utensils that are used for noble purposes, and then there are utensils that are used for common purposes, some of gold and silver and some of clay. And if a man cleanses himself from like the, if a man, essentially what he's saying is if a man cleanses himself from sin, he will be used as a vessel for noble purposes. It says useful to the master of the house. And so what Paul is telling Timothy is, Timothy, like, brother, purity, purity, purity in thought, purity in deed. Like, you and I will wrestle with sin for the rest of our lives, but God will use us as we depend on him for sanctification. I promise you, God will begin to use you in ways that you will like you've never imagined before. And so that's to me what this group is about, because I believe every single man has a purpose in life, like a God-sized purpose, not just to live what, what we might consider the Christian spin on the American dream. Like that's not, that's not, the point, the point is living a life honoring and pleasing to God. And so that's what this group is going to be about. And we're going to be 
really diving into not only uh, you know things related to sin, sexual sin, but man, we're going to be diving into marriage issues. We're going to be diving into work issues. We're going to be diving into uh, Im- like issues with our physical health. There's so many things. Like we are called to be good stewards in all domains of life. And so, anyway, wanted to put that out there. But let's get to this episode because I was, uh, I just finished this week a book on Tiger Woods. Now, as I, as I started working my professional life, so I graduated college in 1995 from David Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. Great school, great, uh, great time in Nashville. That's where I met Allison. And it was it was fantastic. But as I graduated, I graduated in 95. This was the year before Tiger Woods became a pro. And as I'm listening to this book, so I listened to it on Audible, and I was just listening to all of the things, like all of the training that Tiger Woods went through from when he was a young, young boy. And so what happened was his father, Earl, found golf, like fell in love with golf sometime before Tiger was born. And so when, and he, they didn't have a lot of money, he was in the military. And so when Tiger was born, he used to love to come home from work and hit golf balls. And so he would sit in the garage. He had a mat set up where he could hit golf balls into this mat in the garage. And he would sit there and hit hundreds of balls every single day. And so when Tiger was born, he would bring him out there from a very, very young age, and he would just swing golf balls, and he would just swing golf balls, like, I mean, swing swing clubs and hit golf balls, hit golf balls. And Tiger literally was watching this from when he was a newborn, all the way up through 12 months, 24 months, which is why like his brain was so impressionable. This is what he was seeing every single day, which is why he then could get up when he could walk and when he could hold a club and his dad fashioned him a little tiny club, like sawed off a club or something like that, got him a little tiny club and had him swinging the golf club at two years old. And when Earl Wood saw something was special, like that's when he called the a local news outlet and said, hey, you've got to see this. And it kind of snowballed from there because Tiger, like this had been, uh, this pattern had been, emblazoned in his young, young brain. And so this is what he did. Now, there's a lot of things about the story that are not right. Okay. I'm not, and I'm not going to go into it, but what this early childhood memories did was fuel in Tiger Woods, like this desire to be the best. And then his father set every, um, like, created every possible opportunity for him to be the best. Like he wouldn't let him go and do other sports, even though Tiger wanted to, it was only golf. That's all he cared about. His father cared about. And so he had Tiger Woods do that. Now, what is the point of me saying all this? The point is, as I was listening to this and and the, the book goes through his entire career and I remember in 97 when he won his first Masters. I remember in 2000 when he probably had the best season ever known in golf. When he won, he held at one time all four major trophies. Like I just remember how incredible this guy was at a, at a young age. 
surpassing Jack Nicholas as the youngest to win the masters and all, and all these different records. Like he holds all these different records and it's just reminded me of when somebody is like when somebody has the right motivation, I'm not saying tiger had the right motivation, but he had the motivation, like his desire was to win championships. And so when a man has the the proper motivation or enough motivation or enough like purpose in life he will do whatever it takes to succeed and i started thinking uh, i was just been thinking about this and thinking about this and 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 just thinking man i wish like man what if tiger had been a follower of christ and all this stuff and you know you start i started kind of going down that path and um, but that really wasn't the point. The point is, is that this man, even at a young age, spent countless hours training, 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 training for what? For preparation for what he was going to do, which was enter tournaments, enter, um, major championships. So what we all got to see when I was, you know, in my early career, when I was watching golf and tuning into the Masters and the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the British Open, when I was tuning into those things, I was only tuning in to see Tiger play. But what I was witnessing was a performance based on the hours and the years that he spent training. I was not, I, I didn't see him go to the golf course and spend three hours just hitting balls or putting or chipping. Like that to me sounds very, very boring, right? I would, I would never do that because that's not my motivation. And, and he obviously has a skill set like suited for that. But let me bring this back to like to us. Like what is Spencer, what are you trying to get? to get to here. And this is what I want to get to. I was, I opened up Psalm 119. I'm in two verses, Psalm 119 verses 147 and 148. This is what the psalmist says. And I'm going to, I'm going to call the psalmist David. If Spurgeon says it was David, I'm going to, I'll go with Spurgeon. Um, This is what he says in verse 147. He says, I rise before the dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words verse 148 my eyes are awake before the watches of the night that i may meditate on your promise and so what i what i was thinking about this morning as i was journaling as i was reading this thinking through it praying through it was just like the psalmist what david was saying was i am getting up and i am training i'm spending time with the lord at a time when other people can't see me. Like before the day begins, I'm going to cry for help. And I hope in your words. So before I rise before the dawn and I hope in your words. Do you know what I see when I read that? I see training. Verse 148, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night. 
He's awake. His eyes are awake. That eye, so there's the purpose clause, that eye, so that I can meditate on your promise. And so as I was reading that this morning, I was just thinking back to how beneficial in my own life my hours spent in darkness have been. Like the hours when I wake up and I spend them in the darkness, in silence, when nobody's awake in my house, when the sun is not up, the only thing that's up are my dogs and they fall back asleep. Like I cannot put into words how beneficial this is. And yet many, many people today, men today, would just rather go through life pretending, pretending that you're going to make spiritual progress without training, and it's not going to happen. Like, I, I was just thinking, like, the easiest thing for me to do, like, it's, it's obviously become a habit. And and this is not, listen, I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here saying I've got this, like I'm perfect or look at me, look what I do because I get up early. I, you know, because I get up early, like I've got this incredible quiet time. No, it's the grace of God. Like it's 100% the grace of God. And you see this in David here. He, he doesn't say I rise before the dawn because I'm better than everybody else. He says, no, I rise before the dawn and I cry for help. I'm demonstrating my helplessness. And the only way, the only way that I can demonstrate my helplessness besides crying out for help is to hope in your words. Like I need help. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hope in your words. I'm going to, in verse 148, I'm going to meditate on your promises. I'm going to open the word and I know what my life is saying about me. I know what other people are saying about me. I know what the devil is saying about me. I know how my flesh is going to react today. And so I have to meditate on your promises because I'm liable to believe a lie every single day. And one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest challenges for men that I see and I was just talking with a young guy this week. We were having a conversation about this. Is He's like, you know, I've drifted into this peacetime mentality. And I'm not looking at life as war. And, and like, if I, could, if I could just do one thing for you in this podcast, it would be to wake you up. Life is not about how comfortable you can be. Life is preparing you for eternity. Spiritual disciplines, the disciplining of your body to rise before the dawn, to have your eyes awake before the watches of the night, the discipline to do that is training, and it's preparing you for something that's going to come later down the road. Like I know that I'm going to face temptation. I'm going to, I'm going to face many temptations today. It's Saturday. I'm going to face temptations to believe lies. I'm going to I'm going to face temptations to feed my flesh. I'm going to face temptations to like all kinds of things. And if I'm not preparing in darkness, then I'm never going to 
honor the Lord with how I live in the light. And so when I see life as war and time with God as my necessary training, then I'm going to eagerly engage knowing that there's no other way. Like, if I desire my life to honor and please God, then there's no other way to do that besides to depend on him to live through me. And the only way that he is going to live through me is if I get up and I cry out for help and I die to myself because I know my flesh is going to rise up. It's going to rise up. So I can't feed the flesh. I have to wage war with the spirit because I want to live according to the spirit. I don't want to live according to the flesh. And my natural tendency is to live according to the flesh. And so I'm weak and I'm helpless without the strength of God. Like my sin nature, my sin nature, your sin nature is constantly attempting to feed the flesh during the day. And so in the morning, what you have to realize, what you have to realize, so there's this, and I've mentioned this uh, book before. There's a great book um, by Gary Keller, the founder of, um, it's not Remax, it's uh, Keller Williams, duh. Um, he wrote this great book called The One Thing. And the whole premise is, what is the one thing you can do today that will make everything else unnecessary or easy? Something that That's kind of the premise. His, his whole premise is, what are you going to do today? What is the one thing you have to do today that is going to make everything else better? And you have to do that. In his book, he's like, you need to do that first thing. It must be first thing. So, and he's talking in a work environment. He's like, at work, your most important task, your highest return task must be done in the morning. Because why? Because you have the highest um, cognitive power in the morning. Your, your brain is firing on all cylinders. It's not tired. You have a willpower. You have willpower within you, and it's like a muscle it wears out through the day, which is why it's easier to grab a bag of chips at night than it is to eat something healthy because your willpower is done and you're just like, I'm, I'm history, man, I'm history. And why do many, many men fall at night? Why do many, many men fall at night when it comes to pornography? And, and we train our brains that evening time is when we give up. Evening time is when we roll over. Evening time is when it's dark and I'm kind of done with the day. We make all kinds of excuses. I've had a horrible day. Oh, man, you know, uh, nobody nobody likes me. Oh, I've, got such a, I've got such a horrible boss. Life is so hard. And we make all of these excuses. We believe all the lies because we don't have any willpower. And honestly, we haven't spent time with the Lord. So if you're going to bed at midnight and one and two and three, and you're having trouble getting up and spending time in the word with the Lord, waging war in the morning. Well, there's no wonder. Like nobody could do that. Like, we have to cry for help. Like this is the frame of mind. David, a man after God's own heart, is crying for help. He's got a hope in God's word. He's got to meditate on his promises. 
Like this is not the language of a self-sufficient man, but a man whose only hope is in the Lord. And so Tiger Woods, practice, practice, training, training, training. He failed. He won. He failed. He won. He trained. He trained. He never stopped training, even at this older age that he is, older for a golf professional. He's still training. The best in the world, still training. If you're 80 years old, still training. Like, brothers, this is this is absolutely one of the most crucial things you can do is train. And the best time for training is in the morning. Don't kid yourself. Don't lie to yourself by telling yourself, I'm not a morning person. That's a story. That's a story. If you say that you're like, I'm a night owl, and that's when you act out with porn and masturbation, then that's just an excuse. You're lying to yourself. I've got stories about the evening as well. My stories are, I'm done, right? My stories are, I'm so tired. I can't really do a lot of productive things at night. And that's a story too. Some people's story is I'm more productive at night, not in the morning. No, not, not me. Mine are, I'm, I'm done at night. But, but if there's one thing in my, in my walk uh, in freedom from pornography over the past five years, if there's one thing, a habit that I have um, embraced, this is it. And again, not because I'm super disciplined person. If you looked at my per- natural wiring as a person, it's 100% not that. I have zero detail in my in my like makeup. And detail people typically are very very disciplined. I've got a a, a coworker of mine at the office and this person is the our our personality profiles when you line them up side by side they're absolutely opposite. Now he and I get along great because I find him so fascinating and he finds me fascinating and and it's just a, it's really really interesting but his personality is super detailed so he's very very disciplined in a lot of areas of life. I'm not. But what I but what I am do what I am is I'm motivated. I desire to honor the Lord. And I fail every day. I don't do this perfectly. But if there's one thing that's allowed me to find freedom from pornography, it is it is coming to the Lord and crying out to him in the morning time. Like it is coming to him and getting my mind like saturated in the word of God before I go out in the day. Before I before I interact with other people. I need to interact with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God. That's the, the my highest return activity. What is the one thing I can do today that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? It's find joy in Christ in the morning. 
spend time with the Lord. It's confess sin in the morning. It's like already is putting my armor on in the morning. I cannot put on armor at night. I'm too tired. All right, brothers, that is it for this episode. Just thinking about this this morning, man, I pray that the Lord blesses you and that he gives you strength and he gives you just new mercies every single morning that you wake up and that you would desire to spend time with him because when you spend time with him, I, I, I pray that you find joy in that time. It's not a burden, it's joy. It is like you leave your time in the word and in prayer refreshed and with your spirit singing his praises and hoping in him and believing his promises. Lord, I pray that you would do supernatural work in the lives and the hearts and in the minds of these men as they go to war every single morning. All right, brothers, I'll be back hopefully next week with another episode of Porn in the Gospel.